Welcome to Real Talk, episode 128. I'm Todd. This is AJ. And we're back. That was sick. I don't got nothing else. That's why I did it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, what is real? <laughs> Man, we we're off to a good start. Yeah. Real Talk's an opportunity if you stumble into our neck of the internet to talk about life, God, the Bible, and by golly, everything in between. By golly, everything. Uh, <laughs> somewhere in this video or podcast description, mm-hmm. you will see a link. Perhaps the link will show itself even on this screen right now. <laughs> At www.theremnant.life slash real, that's R-E-A-L, dash talk. So www.theremnant.life slash real dash talk. Click the link, go down to submit a question on the page that it brings up. Hit submit a question. It's going to form, going to pull up a form fillable box that you typing. Hit submit and your topic question Concern, encouragement goes into our database completely anonymously. Couldn't find you, even if we tried, and we don't even try. That's right, man. But we've given up. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not possible. So, do it. today is an exciting day for us. It is, man. And I haven't even. Oh, okay. I did tell you why. All right. <laughs> oh, you mean I get it? The stuff we're not going to talk about. <laughs> uh, it's an exciting day for nice. many reasons. Okay. And the first is it is episode one hundred and twenty-eight. Crazy, I don't know man. why I've always had a fond place in my heart for the number 28. I didn't know this about you. <laughs> Let's salute the great Marshall Falk. Hey, Marshall, you ever see this? You'll Go never see Louis. this. But yeah, greatest show on turf. There you go. And much like we are the greatest show that you've never heard of. That's right, man. Um, anyway. Undefeated, underrated, not known. <laughs> Podcast. Unknown. <laughs> so, <laughs> lot, lot of, lot of great questions this week. The, uh, the crew. Yeah, man. The, the true crew. That's what I call. Nice. It. The true crew. And the pod squad. Pod squad. And the book nook. Book Whatever. nook. The people from Facebook. All of you people that have partnered with us and asked these really good questions. Um, not only are you, when you ask these questions and topics, are you getting your own answers mm-hmm. or discussion, but you are helping other people too. That's right, man. So, our, our, you're not used to me being excited. I get I, it. I'm, I'm, this our, is great. I've tried, I'll tell you, I'll talk about this in a moment. Okay. Our mission is to answer those questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what we do around here. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, I also found a new face that I can make that I did right before the show. Went <laughs> and I wasn't going to reference this. Oh, wow. Now, those that are listening to the podcast, <clears throat> I just want you to envision the most horror, just disgusting face you can imagine. Mm-hmm. A disgusting fake smile. Um, or real, who knows? And I'll do it for the, or real. For, the uh, for the people that are watching the video version, whether you're on YouTube, Rumble, or Facebook. Okay. <laughs> there it is. That was so gross. <laughs> That silence you heard was me doing You were straining so hard. Oh, dude, it, it hurts my face. <laughs> I know it looks crazy because I can... I've never done this before. I think I've done the fake smile, but my jaw moves like... <laughs> it's just the it's, the... it's the movement, too. Whenever I, I know we're hitting, a, hitting one out of the park, when I get Clint shaking his head and just disappointed disgust. Listen, man. Uh, but... That's good stuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we're here. We're excited. We... Got a lot of questions. You notice something? Mm-hmm. I'm about to just interrupt all this to tell you something. I noticed by myself because I was okay. just doing it. 
I have a tendency to hold my tension in my shoulders and my back and everywhere, but mainly my shoulders. One. I was just doing this. It's probably. I do this a lot. Look, at, Clint's not even looking. Fun yeah, turn. Just I, be a part of this right now, fun turn. This is what I do. And I have to go. See? All right, there we go. I get it. I think for me, the reason why, because I think I do it myself, and I think it's because I'm trying to stay here. Mm, I'm trying to keep right here. <laughs> Just if I'm talking to you, and I'm, I will be doing it at times. <laughs> Constant so. state of tension in my, my shoulders. And my back. <laughs> yeah, this already went off the rails. This reminds me of the early episodes. But, yeah, hey, I like you know it. what? It's a good time. So we are, we do, and let's move to serious because we've lost all the ones that came to visit. That's fair. Um, we do have a lot of really good questions to go through. I'm genuinely excited because they interest me. It's good stuff. Uh, they're man. good ones, and they get us to think. Y'all been a lot of it. a lot of Bible verses today, and like That's things right. that people. Which I love those because those are the ones. You know, we tend to talk to kind of two different people out there, two groups. There's far more, but we have the people that are Christians but have felt uncomfortable, embarrassed to ask certain questions. Yeah. Right? Um, or maybe they just don't have access to someone that they can do that right in the moment. So, you know, they use Real Talk as an opportunity to do that. And right. the cool part about it is, you know, we don't promise to have the answer on everything, and particularly situations when we give advice. But we promise to take it seriously. Now, when it comes to Bible and Scripture, what well, the cool thing is is that there are direct answers. That's right, man. So we'll be able to give those, and that's exciting. But the other side that we tend to speak to are non-Christians. That's right. Um, but what we call people of peace, if we call you that, that means you're a person that's seeking. You're genuinely open versus someone who's like combative against it. That's know? right. And we want you guys to listen too. You're probably mocking us already, and that's okay. That's fair. But you don't tend to be the ones that actually ask questions that you want answered or, or want to have a dialogue. So those are the two. And, I, and so I like the Bible verse ones because it kind of speaks to both. That's right. Although, honestly, I like all the questions. I like the silly, the, the serious, the ones on life. You know? Yeah, man, they're all good, and you know, you guys have been killing it lately with the questions. You know, we've had such a good amount coming in, and they've been quality questions too, which is really cool. So I appreciate you guys taking the time to really think about life and dig in the Bible. It's just cool, man. So I agree. <laughs> I also think that to be true. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So hey, before we do that, we'll dive in for a moment and just see AJ. You know, it's been said that life's a highway. Sometimes we ride it all night long. I've heard, a, and so, I've heard that, that term before in some, some sort of performance. Never heard of it. Uh, it's just something I've heard. Anyway, mm. on the highway of life, mm-hmm. where have you been? Where have you been driving? Where is God taking you? What's been going down, going down in, you, in your life? <laughs> <laughs> well... What's been going down in me? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could have chosen a better way to say that, but go ahead. Uh, My bad. Oh, gosh. Um, so I feel like <laughs> you, got me, you got me tickled right now. Uh, so. <laughs> well, we haven't had one of these in a while. So I, I feel like life, you know, I've come to a couple places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, one, and I talked to you about this last night, is trying to tangibly see how you seek God every day. And you're probably, you know, anybody who's listening, you're probably going, well, what do you mean? Because um, if you're a Christian, you should probably know that. Which, you know, the 
it's funny because the Bible does tell us how to live life. You know, it talks about, you know, Jesus gives, you know, the, the two most important commandments that fulfill all the other laws, and that is, you know, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and loving others as you love yourself. Mm. And he mm. says through those you will fulfill everything else. And so when I think about life, and I think about how, how does that look every day? Mm. And I think for me, what I've noticed is that doesn't happen too often. And then you, you know, I can wonder why there's days where I feel more anxious than others, or mm. I feel, I feel overwhelmed, or maybe I just feel numb, or I feel kind of shut down, you know, or I just feel just exhausted, you know. Which is funny because all those feelings can be these; those can be valid feelings, but at the end of the day, faith is much bigger than feelings. And I think a lot of the time, for me personally, in my own walk, those those emotions they overrun my faith. Mm. And so I go, how do I tangibly get in a place of, you know, I guess making this real every day? Um, and I was kind of talking to you last night even about this. And I was talking about, hey, I even asked you a couple of questions. I was like, man, like, how do you, how do you do this? And we were kind of talking, and I know we said like it's important that you always start with like love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Like mm-hmm. Jesus said that for a reason. I think you know, it's to inspire that love. I guess if you if you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's going to inspire you to love others as God loves you. Mm, and good. so I think that... Yeah, when you're close to him, you tend to act like him. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> so, you know, if life is meant to be lived to the fullest, and if that's possible, you know, which it is, you know, Jesus said that, uh, what does that look like? So I guess for me, I've been thinking about what that tangibly looks like, um, which to some may seem silly, but... You know, for me, I, it's because I guess the reason why I ask that question is because I do take it serious. I am serious about my faith. And, you know, I don't just let life pass me by saying I'm a Christian. I actually want to be a real Christian. Um, and I want, you know, I want to follow Jesus. That's that's why I ask these questions. Um, so that's been one thing on my mind. Another one, which is kind of, it kind of ties into it, is how do I, how do I see people with so much going on in life? How do I... How do I balance out truly seeing and loving people? And that includes my own, you know, say, my own stuff I'm going through. So, you know, my own concerns or my own, you know, for lack of a better term, tasks in Mm. life or whatever, goals, whatever. You know, how do I balance that with also loving people over here, but also loving people over here, you know, different directions? Um, How do I do that? And that's just been something that I've tried to keep on thinking about because if I let myself kind of brush it off and, you know, nothing ever changes and then people don't feel seen or people mm-hmm. don't feel loved and that sucks, you know, and I don't want people to feel that way because I've felt that way and I know how, how lonely that can be. So it kind of ties into, you know, the first thought I had was like, you know, just, just tangibly, how do I do that? Um, especially for a guy like myself who's always struggled to kind of stay in the moment of things because I'm always, not I shouldn't say always, but a lot of the time I'm thinking about what's next or what have I not done or what have I not accomplished? How am I hurting people because I didn't do this or that? And, you know, and it's funny because in those moments while I'm thinking about that, I'm hurting people right in front of me. Mm. So it's it, it's a weird little cycle I go through. So those are just a couple things um, that I've been thinking about as far as life 
and just what you know how do I tangibly do those things so that's kind of where I'm at where have you landed with it I mean are you still just in the process I feel like I'm still in the process um it's one of those things where I feel like I'm kind of thinking like maybe I'm overcomplicating it and I'm just like dude you just need to you need to wake up and you know pray to God read the Bible make it intentional and make it real and then you'd probably be amazed at what would happen after. <laughs> a part of me, a part of me says that, but then also there's another part of me that goes, "Well, you know, is there more to it than that?" And I, <laughs> and I think your 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 uh, simplification would be a good start. Yeah. So I owe you an apology. So yesterday when you were talking about this, I'd been you knew this I was blown up, and I hate when I make a real intention to not do this because it hurts me when people do it to me, and plus I never want people to feel that way. So I would I heard you, but my focus wasn't fully there, and mm-hmm. you wanted interaction. So I'm sure you saw. So I apologize to you. Well, sorry. Right, um, now I tried to come back later, but I want you to know that I saw that, and I, I'm not like comfortable with that, and I won't do it. You know, next time I'm I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Um, we'll make sure to do what I normally do to you. I don't know why I couldn't talk there, uh, and and actually uh, you know be able to pay attention. So one of the things you asked yesterday is like, how do you do this? You asked me a different question about memory. But I did want to give you a thought as you were talking that I guess kind of helps me sometimes to like love all these people here. And I mentioned this yesterday partly to you. Yeah. you know, because I, I mean, once I was in the conversation I was in. Right. One of the things I did mm-hmm. say to you though that helps me is the recognition that me loving other people does not mean I replace Christ as their savior. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, you know, when we're wanting to love people, we want to like be the one to fix all their problems and be one, the one to be there for all of them. And that can be overwhelming because we know we can't. And I have a tendency to do that, right? I, I, I confuse loving them with being, <clears throat> with, with handling, <clears throat> with being everything they need all the time and, you know, taking care of every issue. And, and, and the desire to do that isn't wrong. That's not what I'm criticizing. I just think that there's freedom in going, even if I fail, you know, and I'm going to fail at being a savior because I'm not. Right. But it's, God's got them and God loves them and he's not just going to leave them there. Uh, so it's really kind of freeing. Man. The second thing, though, that's helped me as I was speaking spe- 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 you. It came to me as you were kind of describing love these over here and these over here was the idea of, you know, I've talked about this often in the Great Commission verse where Jesus tells all of us, his disciples, kind of our last command is, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Mm. <clears throat> um, in this life you will face many trials, but take heart, I've overcome the world, you know, all that's that. That's right. But the first part, Go and make disciples. I kind of apply that <clears throat> to the way I approach the command to love. And one of the most beautiful things I've ever read and studied is the idea that go, therefore, make disciples, the command, it is a command, can also be translated as you go, make disciples, meaning wherever you go in life, what you're doing, make disciples, tell people about me, right? Mm. Meaning it doesn't just mean mission trips, it means life. So right. here's how I apply that to love because it came to mind is that I just try to love people as I go. So what that means for me is, and, and take this however you want, if it helps, awesome. If it doesn't, get rid of it. But, yeah. you know, if that means when people cross my paths, I want to be a, a person of love to them and love them the way I can. Sometimes it means as I go means if all I can do in this moment is respond in the text, but I'm doing it in love, then I do it. And if answer a phone call or whatever I can give, I give. Does that that's, make sense? Because yeah, I can't man. always give the same thing. That's really good. So as I go, I go. I like that because I think it it helps me think about, because what you originally mentioned, like, it's not, 
loving people isn't even always just about having answers and and trying to save them from this or that yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah. That really helps because I think I can kind of I can kind of catch myself in that mindset of like what am I providing to them mm. instead of just being there for them. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. uh like you said, sometimes it's just, you know, a text message or picking up the phone, you know, to encourage or to, you know, whatever it may be that they need. Um, that's really good, man. So I appreciate that because I think that helps. Um, I think one thing that's interesting is how, like, how as you go, right? So, like, I like, I love that idea of, like, love as you go. I think what something I struggle with is is determining those times when you're kind of going, but then how do you know when to stop? Does that make sense? For the person? Uh, like, like, like for you. So like, so, like, as time is going, right, so it's, uh-huh. like, it's like love people as you go. Uh-huh. I think there's times where in, in my own life where if I go, okay, I'm going to try to love people as I go. But as I'm going, I can tend to forget to look up or see what's around me because I'm just because I'm I'm going right. Okay. So, how do you determine, you know, when to look up? I guess in that analogy, what does looking up mean? Are you talking about like you're missing the opportunities to love because you're doing other things in life? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to say, man. Well, that's a different question. I think as you go implies stop worrying about the ones you miss and make sure you're loving the ones you don't. That's good. Correct, because sometimes we can sit and go, gosh, darn it, I missed that opportunity to love. And while I'm sitting there beating myself about that, I'm missing the next one. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So for me, it's, you know, don't, I think that using your analogy is when you are looking up, just make, start with making sure you're loving people there. That's good. Right? As you go. The other thing as far as how do I have, how do I like not get so distracted with life that I miss stuff? Um Honestly, now I guess this is a question that I can tell you what I really do. And I've made this vow to myself a long time ago. I actually put it in my, uh, there's a book called What Are Your Nuts? I don't mean to be vulgar. Mm-hmm. And nuts is an acronym for non-negotiable, non-negotiable, unalterable truths. Okay. And the concept is, is like, you know, when you write on paper these things you want to be, and you hmm. accept it yourself, it helps you in those moments, you know, and it's a long story. But one of mine wasn't, and I tell that story to say that this is something I've been very intentional about. Um, I, I, all, I will never, I will always strive to never let a task be more important than a person. That's really good. Now, that, and I mean that, and I, and I already know you because you're thinking about all these other ways, but I think I try my best to put the person first, the person that crosses my path. So that can get hairy sometimes because I know what you're thinking. Okay, Todd, what happens if, um, you know, in your case, maybe you're, you guys are editing a video and mm-hmm. someone walks in, right? Um, this is what I found about myself and how we trick ourselves. Okay, well, <clears throat> say I'm working on a video. Right. Or maybe I'm working on my notes for something. I'm writing something for the church or the website. Someone comes in and it has it's due tomorrow well and I'm like man if I give this hour to this person who just walks in am I going to get what if I don't get it done well that's ridiculous if I have literally put myself to a position that I can't get it done if I give up one hour then the problem isn't with the person it's with me and Mm -hmm. my ability to manage stuff 
So does that make sense? And yeah. sometimes I do learn, and sometimes I have to. I don't, you know, something's worked for a long time, and then someone comes in for a moment, and you're like, ah, because that stretches you out too, right? When you're on those last moments. Oh yeah, man. Does this make sense? Uh, yes. So, so I guess I'm speaking to the voice in your head that's already like, well, what happens? This, this, and this. Yes. I just the bottom line is, and there's also it's also okay at times, tangible advice to say, I'm going to use the word love. Hey, I want to love you. Can I love you in an hour? Right. Can I love you in two hours? That makes sense. Right? So that for the things that aren't emergencies, love might mean me by might be me going, hey, you know, I'll call you tonight by seven o'clock. That's really good. Um, that's good advice. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then there are times that you can't because if someone walks in and those moments, that movie doesn't matter anyway, right? Or that video or that thing I'm writing. If someone comes in with something that, that is an emergency and can't wait, you know, I try to think to myself, this is bigger. Yeah, man. I mean, it's important. Jesus did it. You know, Jesus is on his way to bring to heal a girl that's dying, and that woman who had the disease, was bleeding, an outcast touched him in the crowd, and he stopped. He could have literally done, and he was human too. So even though he knew, he could have done the thing where he's like, "I'm gonna pretend I didn't feel this." We all do it, right? Oh yeah, in different ways. I'm gonna say, you know, I didn't see that, or I didn't see that call, or I didn't, blah 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 blah. Yeah. He always did. He stops. You know, he had the most important job in the world. The other thing I've noticed, and I brought this up Sunday, I think, um, is that Jesus had no problem sacrificing himself to love others, meaning his own sleep, his stress. What do we do with that? You know, we've put self-love and self-care sometimes above the command to love others. That's so true. Because we're afraid, you know, and we've justified it using God's commandment to rest. (laughs) You know what I mean? You didn't see Jesus doing that. Yeah, that's that's really He would go off alone and rest when... The people were around, or it was, you know, nailing, or like coming to a close, or whatever. Right. So anyway, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know if that, that helps. At all. It does, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for yeah. coming back around and just. That's really sound, good advice, man. You know, I think I. That's something that I can take and go. All right, let's let's do this. Let's try to do. Let's let's apply that advice. So I appreciate that. Um, what about you, man? How are you doing? How's life? What is. What is going on down the highway as you're driving the car, hitting the highway, going down roads of life? I'll tell you one thing. I'm going my way. I was good. Let's do a reference. That yeah. I not to. I don't remember the next line. Uh, to the song. So, uh, actually, there is one thing. <laughs> and that is, so I didn't even tell you this. What happened last night, late last night? Having got to talk to you guys, I did have kind of a moment with God or a, re- a realization or something I'm kind of grasping. Mm-hmm. I recognize this idea, so I, I prayed and I was repenting of some stuff. Repentance, guys, if you're not a Christian listening, it's just going to God and saying, God, I know what I did was wrong and I want to change. And it happened to be something that I do wrong a lot. Just, you know, we all have those things we battle Oh, with. yeah. Um, and I don't, for those that are confused, I don't have to say that to him to be forgiven every time. But I say it to him for me. He He's already forgiven me. That's good. Um, but I but I need to be reminded, you know. And I, and, I, and I do think there's importance in continually humbling myself on certain things. There's probably a reason God is having me do that. Um, anyway, so I, I said to him, God, as I'm talking, you know, something to the effect of I'm, I'm going to change. I really am. This time. I got off and I started thinking, beating myself up. And all of a sudden I realized... Cut off. I said like the phone with him. Um, got done with my prayer, and I had this realization that um, I can change. 
you know, you know, I think there's been this big movement lately to imply that there's some things you can't change. Like if you read about psychology, there's disorders and things mm. and blah, blah, you can't change. And I'm sitting here going, it hit, I had this epiphany where I'm like, God told me that he literally has changed me from the old me to a new creation. And I'm sitting here acting like I can't change a habit. Like I can't just say today, because the voice in my head's like, yeah, you say it's changed and then you keep doing, acting this certain way, right? Right. Yeah. So, so I just had this really crazy epiphany late last night of where I just said, no, I can change and I will change. And I'm going to do it to prove who my God is. And that sounds kind of weird, man, but I think today it's kind of cool. When I made that decision, I have lived out of it today and mm. been more more uh, intentional. And I also realized that inadvertently I, I he had – so that I'm not going to say sharing because it doesn't matter. So sin issue that, I, that you know, attitude changing. But the other one, it was kind of cool that I didn't even connect to it. It was something that I did Sunday right before service. Okay. That now, even before we started the show, I got another text about that I had decided to change. And I didn't even realize that I had made, like, I knew that I'd made this change, but I didn't connect it with this epiphany last night right. where I said to God, I'm going to do it. And it was this idea, you know, part of leadership is sometimes the beauty of it is you get to be in people's lives. Right? Yeah. But biblical leadership also is it's difficult because you're trying to carry burdens and you're you're essentially a servant. It's like Jesus tries to tell you, right? That's you're right. serving. You're, you're taking the brunt of things so that other people don't and trying to make decisions so other people don't or can't, you know, all those kinds of things. Well, that means that, like, things are messy sometimes. And churches, church at our church has been messy lately. Yeah. You know, and people get hurt. And then, you know, the old saying, hurt people hurt people. And they start lashing out. And, you know, you can start to get discouraged because you're like, man, I've loved that person so much. And why do they, why do they hate me now? You know, the first time I disagree with them or the first time, whatever. And we've had that happen fairly a lot lately for yeah, us, for it's us been, it's been in the past six months. And so Sunday, right before service, I'm looking out of the crowd, and there was like 20-some people that were missing that day of our normal congregation. That's so right. the crowd's smaller. And I had this moment where um, I literally, if anyone knows, it, this, this all happens really fast. So worship's going on, and praying and taught and I look out I'm kind of feeling discouraged and it's one of those things again where things aren't going right and you know how like sometimes you're not necessarily showing you're in a bad mood when things don't go right but it still shows like that whole idea of like I'm not trying to be grumpy but I'm not trying not to be yep and um so we got people can kind of tell yeah I gotcha so including me if I'm honest with myself so anyway I'm looking on the crowd and I had this realization like you know what man there was a time when having this many people worshiping when we started this church, would have blown my mind. I remember. And I was like, I'm done, man. I am done letting negativity change who I am mm. and feeling guilty for who I am. And I'm going to tell you how this showed itself. And it's going to sound weird. Well, when I went up on that stage, man, I just decided to be me and to be excited and joyful and and to just to choose to love. I remember walking up going, I'm going to love these people by being positive because I tell people they can even when in the moment I don't necessarily feel it and but from the time I came from the back to the front on the stage uh, the pulpit or whatever I, I acted different and you know what's crazy man um, I noticed that my heart changed that I was different I did feel more positive it wasn't an act <laughs> it just was me choosing to live out of what I knew to be true now where, where that's cool is is I made that decision and I've had multiple people and I wasn't doing it for anyone to notice right People come and go, man, that was such a good, I'm so, you know, so I just got it right before I started uh, 
It was so encouraging. Um, it was so good to see you being the real you. Um, someone else actually told me, this just sounds like a good thing for me. Like, uh, like I'm tooting my own horn, but I'm not. And they said, that was, you were your old charismatic self. And I'm like, I remember, I realized that I carry a lot of guilt when someone says that I have, quote, charisma or something. Like, I feel like it's a sin. It's or, a negative Like, thing. it's wrong. Yeah. And so I, you know this. When you tell me there's something about you, I always go, that's not true. Literally, I'll out loud say it. And I realized they're like, you're just living out of who you are. And I realized that inadvertently, this is going to sound twisted. God is so good. This is going to probably be rambling to those listening. But I've been living under a lie that, okay, I don't ever want to be accused of being manipulative. So I'm going to make myself not likable. Hmm. Which means I'm going to make myself, like, actually try not to be who I really am naturally. So at least if when people hear the truth, it won't be because they liked me. And that's so twisted and weird. And all I did was stop doing that and and accept who I am, right? Does yeah. that make sense? Because that yeah, was my it, heart. It, and then all of a sudden it made an impact on other people. So all of that to wrap around to say, like, I just decided that I can change. And I did. That's good. And I'm going to make that decision here. And you know what? You can change too if you're listening. And if there's things that... Don't buy into that lie. I'm fighting against this addiction. I'm fighting that. Like, there are times it's a fight, but it has to start with this realization that like, you can change. In That's right. The, Jesus Christ has empowered us. We, God has empowered us with this Holy Spirit. You have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You know? And that means that changing a behavior in the, con- in the big scheme of things shouldn't be that big a deal. Mm. So I guess for me, I'm going to stop focusing so much on whether or not I'm successful in changing, I'm just going to keep changing. So when I stumble, who cares, right? I'm going to get back up and keep doing it. And that sounds weird, but I don't know. I don't think it's weird. That's, that's all of that. I think that's so cool. And it's, it's like a classic, like, the enemy trying to, trying to twist something that, a gift that you've been given and trying to make it bad. Yeah, you know, taking make me feel good, guilty it about bad. it. Exactly. And my own self-hatred. You know, we all have wounds from our childhood. Right. And same reason... This is really hard for me to even say, but if someone says, oh, you're a handsome guy, you know, even joking or something, like, I can't accept that, which then in turn, they end up thinking I'm being false humble. I've been accused of that one. I'm like, I just had this talk with a friend, and I was like, I'm not being false humble. I really don't see that, but I also shouldn't, like, be that weirdo that just tells someone they're lying when they give me a compliment. You know what I'm saying? I get you. So I have a lot of that stuff, God. I didn't realize that God's still working on me, you know, of like, hey, quit being guilty for who you are. Mm. Or let people tell you that because you're likable, you're manipulative. Because I've been, you know, stuff like right, that. Right, because that's not true. Or vice versa. That's really good, man. So it was, it was a change. could have said it simply like, I made a decision to change, and I'm going to do it. No, it's so. good. I like that you went in depth. It's good stuff. All right, questions. Yeah, man. Thanks for sharing. For yeah. real. Thanks for Good real. stuff. Um, we're going to dive into our questions. Thanks again, guys, both of you for sharing. Hope you guys... Maybe you can relate to some of our situations. We'd love to hear. If you're in a situation similar to ours, similar to ours or you just feel like, take sharing what's going on in yours right now in the comments below. Or even if you're listening on a podcast, you can go to www.theremnant.live slash real-talk. Boom. Or even, I guess you could use reviews. And then drop in, you know, your situation and you know how it relates because we'd love to hear that. Maybe you've got some wisdom for us about our yeah. situation. We'd love Absolutely. to hear it. All right. Here we go. In Mark 11.1. Okay which I suppose I could read because I think I had it, right? Yep. Okay. So I'll read that. When they approached Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and told them, go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a young donkey tied there, 
on which no one has ever sat untied and bring it here. I actually read two as well. Okay. And for those listening, essentially Palm Sunday, Jesus is coming back before the crucifixion. He's entering Jerusalem. Okay. Right? And uh, he gets recognized during this time briefly as, you know, something positive. That's right. So anyway, so the first verse is just, when they approached Jerusalem at Bethage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. The question is, so in Mark 11, 1, it says Jesus sent two of his disciples ahead. I couldn't find a version where it said what to be sent. Is there anywhere where it names which ones he sent? If not, who do you personally think it might have been? I have no idea. I, yeah, I have no idea if who he would have, who he sent. Um, I think the context doesn't really, like the context of the story that of what happened, I don't think it really matters because if it did, it probably the names probably would have been mentioned. Um, if I had to guess, just because you're at, you asked if I had to guess which ones, probably the Sons of Thunder. <laughs> That'd be my guess. James and John. Yeah. What makes you think that? Um, I think that they were, to me, they kind of seem like they were really too good, like 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 mouthpieces for for. Yeah, they were different. The, the bold. Group. Exactly. Yeah. They were bold, and I think. You know, not that he didn't trust Peter or any, you know, but I think he trusted those two to do bold things like that, to go ahead yeah. and, you know, set up a task like that. And it was so important. So I guess, yeah, that would be my guess is the Sons of Thunder. Pretty cool, man. So uh, he is correct. So it doesn't mention that. Um, now there is tradition, church tradition throughout history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are scholars. That one of two of the ones they have suggested are. James and John. So well done. Nice. Um, Others have suggested Peter and Matthew, which I think is a weird... I think the reason they bring up Matthew is because Matthew is also one of the ones that mentions the thing. Mm. Um, But tradition, historically, there is a tradition, meaning uh, a Jewish historian, Josephus, wrote... Whether it's true or not, right? Tradition. That tradition held that it was Peter and John, Mm. which, if I'm honest, I would have been like you. If someone had guessed before I had known that, I would have guessed... Them or Peter and John. Mm. And the reason I would have guessed, so I would guess Sons of Thunder, yep. Peter and John. Uh, the reason Peter and John for me would have been Peter being constantly prepared as the leader. Right. Uh, and also John being the beloved one, right? The one he, uh, the one whom Jesus loves, you know? Right. Uh, so tradition, Josephus said it was James, I mean, I'm sorry, it was Peter and John. Uh, there are those that think it was the Sons of Thunder. Mm-hmm. And then there's some random people out there, like a small group that says it was Peter and Matthew. I don't know the reason why they say Peter and Matthew. Yeah. Um, but huh, that's it. interesting. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, and I think we gave our reasons. Yeah, I, and I genuinely tend to think probably, I would if it, if you said, Todd, pick one, I would say Peter and John for the mm-hmm. reason I gave. But Sons of Thunder would have been in my guesses as well. Right. Cool. Jesus calls them Sons of Thunder. I suppose we should tell you that because they were – Big, bold, and loud. <laughs> All right. I think you're up. All right. Cool. So first question on my end here is, in 2 Corinthians 12, 2, uh, Paul stated something about knowing someone that was taken to the third heaven. What is the third heaven, and does this mean there are three different heavens that people go to? 2 Corinthians 12, what? 2? Uh, yep, 12, 2. Uh, I'm just going to read 1 through 4 for obvious reasons. but Okay. Uh, it is necessary to, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, his second letter. It is necessary to boast, it is not helpful, but I will move on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who was caught up into the third heaven, 
14 years ago. Whether he was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. I know that this man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows, was caught up into paradise. He heard inexpressible words, which a man is not allowed to speak. I will boast about this person, but not about myself, except in my weakness, blah, blah, blah. For if I want to boast, I will not be a fool, blah, blah, You know, he goes on. So essentially, two is the part that says, I know a man in Christ who was caught up into the third heaven 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a couple things that will help you. One, Peter's talking about, I'm sorry, Paul wrote this. I hope I said that at the beginning, not Peter. No, oh, you said you said Paul. Paul wrote this, and Paul's actually referring to himself in the third person. Uh, part of that's the context, especially here, because he ends up saying, I'm going to boast, and he goes, I... He's referring to himself in third person because various reasons um, for that. The way he talks here, how he knows all the details. So Paul is saying, I had these visions, right? That still leaves us with the third heaven. Mm -hmm. Well, back then, and even now to a degree, but particularly in this culture, the Roman culture, there and Jewish, et cetera, there are kind of three heavens. There's the sky, Mm -hmm. there's outer space, Mm-hmm. And then there is God's realm, paradise, heaven. Right. So they would have known all three of those. So when he said the third heaven, he's saying not the sky, not space. That's I right. was in the presence of God. <laughs> and then he, so cool. so that's what he's referring to. There are not three different rewards. There have been people who have suggested there's like different Levels. types of heavens yeah. and, you know, the higher place. That's not, there's no evidence of that. And the scripture is pretty clear of what he was talking about when you take it in context. So mm. he's saying he was taken um, into paradise before God himself, you know, in heaven on the throne. And and he even mentions here, he goes, listen, I don't know if this was in my my spirit, sort of, I was ta- or I was physically there. I, but he goes, but I was there. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Is that follow-up question to that, isn't there? Uh, yes. So there is also another follow-up question that is... About this section. That's right. So it's in 2 Corinthians 12, 3 and 4, Paul refers to someone going to heaven and seeing things not permitted to speak about. Is this person he taught... Is, is this person he's talking about John from the book of Revelations? You know what? That's actually a great... Um, Thought, especially if you don't know who he's talking about mm-hmm. when he says, I know a man. Um, and by the way, we do that all the time. I was like, listen, I know a guy who can do it. Right? <laughs> like if you're talking to me and I've, and you say, man, I don't know any, not any normal person can't duck a basketball. And I'm going, well, I happen to know a dude and you know I dunk, right? If right. Were, um, I don't. But <laughs> that's an example, right? Yeah, that's a good, yeah. So, of, of speaking in third person. So that's pretty cool that you would say that because of, John saw a crazy vision too. Yes. Um, but a sort of answer to this, no, it's Paul. And essentially, and this is kind of crazy, Paul is saying, I went to heaven and I heard and saw things that God is not allowing me to tell you and I can't speak of. <laughs> Some of them I don't know how to even tell you. Right. And then he goes, others I've been forbidden to tell you. I'm not allowed to. Wow. So pretty crazy. Now, here's some cool proof of this too. Remember how we talk about there's a lot of speculation that he had this vision, guesses, uh, the time he was stoned and nearly killed. He mm-hmm. talks about in Acts. Um, but, but we've often said, man, why would Paul, you know, you and I especially, we've talked about, well, he would have been t- it would have been really hard to be him because the other apostles literally physically traveled with Jesus. So all of a sudden you got this guy showing up. Imagine going before Peter, and you got, you got to tell him, hey, uh, Peter, I'm also an apostle. And, and then also another time going up to him going, hey, you're wrong, repent. Yep. Um, so one of the cool things is what 
why was he so confident? I think God gave him some special stuff to remind him because if you were in heaven before God, would you have any fear anymore? Like you've seen it. You like, wouldn't need to. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so I think I think it's pretty cool. I think God was telling him and he was kind of saying, listen, that was for me and I can't even tell you. But it helps him be bold, right? That's right. So That's anyway. really cool, man. Yeah. I like that. Question for you, my friend, is coming. All right. Great question, by the way, on that section, because it is a weird section if you don't think about it. I mean, if you've never looked into it. Right. Third heaven. I remember the first time I read it, I was like, what in the world? (laughs) What is this third heaven you speak of? So, question is, next one. Does praying out loud give the devil more ammo to attack us since he can't know that the thoughts of our mind? Is there more power when it comes to praying out loud? Interesting. Um, uh, I don't, I don't think so. No. Um, I don't think that gives him more ammo. You know, this is what's interesting, man, and... As far as the second question, which was, is it more, does it, is it more is praying out loud more powerful? Um, I think praying out loud does show a sense of, um, like, it does show a sense of power, because even when you think about the idea of if you confess through your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, mm-hmm. I kind of think of it in that sense as well. Like, you can, you can believe in your heart, but are you willing to confess with your lips, let people know that? Um, I think that when you do pray out loud, I think there is a sense of of power and and like you you are real like, like you're real about it. Like, but I will say this that there's also been times though where there's been powerful prayer that's been silent. That's also in the Bible. Um, what is her name? Uh, she's praying silently, and oh, is it? It's not Ruth, is it? I don't know. You, I don't know which story. Uh, she's she's in like a, she's in a temple and she's and she's praying silently and they think she's drunk. Oh yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, somebody will post. Drop it in, you know. Yeah, I want to say it's Ruth, but please correct me if I'm wrong. Look it up. Fun so, um, or maybe it's Hannah. Uh, woman praying. They, uh, actually, Hannah sounds. Pretty it might familiar. be Hannah. Woman praying thought she was drunk. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so I can so I see both sides of like prayer is prayer and it's powerful. Mm. Um, but, but I do think that there is something to it when you do it out loud. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's what I got for that. I would agree. It's pretty cool that you already know that the enemy is not all-knowing. Mm-hmm. Now, he's had... It was Hannah? All right, cool. Nice, nice job. There you go. It was Hannah. Fun turn. Great job on that. Uh, to the moment. Quick fact check. Got ourselves a crack, clu- a crack crew Clint. There we go. Crack clue Clint. That's, that's hard to say, man. That's a... That's a tongue twister. Crack crew, Clint. Yeah, it is. That's anyway, a, a hard um, it's cool that you know that he's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. Um, you know, he's certainly third, third of the heavenly host was down here too, but he doesn't know everything and um, doesn't know the future either. Uh, right. Beyond what, if he did, certainly probably wouldn't have killed Christ because that was the ultimate, um, you know, well, ha, I got you. Because yes. he didn't know that was the... so. No, he does not know. Um, does it give him ammo? No. Uh, you know, he is crafty. He's had thousands of years. He knows how humans are. Yes. Um, I would say, and, and here's what we do know. We aren't told to think about it or to be afraid. We don't have a direct answer. We are told to go boldly to the throne of grace and Amen. to pray in all occasions with all petitions, thanksgiving um, to God. And so I, I'll tell you this. If fear is making you want to pray in, you know, quietly, you shouldn't do it. That's if good, there's dude. moments where you're praying quietly because internally because the Spirit's leading you to, then you do that. That's good. Um, but yeah, we boldly go before the throne, and we don't live in fear. 
I love that, man. All right, moving on. Moving on, indeed. Uh, Next I question. You got a long one, don't you? Yes. <laughs> uh, so it says, "How do you handle it when you try to share a hurt or be vulnerable, but vulnerable, but the other person just always seems to get mad, and then you regret trying?" Sharing doesn't come natural to me because I have this natural state of feeling like I'm on my own. Everyone leaves or no one really cares. But I know that I should share, especially with my spouse. It feels like it just makes things worse whenever I do, and they don't view me in a positive light. So no matter how I say it, it's somehow offensive or just opens a door for them to list off all the things wrong wrong in or with, or with me. I don't even think they're wrong. I'm a fairly messed up individual, but I do want to be healed. It's just so hard because I long to grow and to be healthy in relationships, but I don't think they believe that. I just want to give up and just be, quote, be, instead of seeking unity or intimacy with them. But I know that's not what marriage is supposed to be. Please help. Well, I'm sorry you're going through that. Um, that's really vulnerable of you to share. So, I would say this. Um, but you say, I know that I should share. Right. You also said, how do you handle it when you're, when you're sharing a hurt? Um, you know, let's, let's start with that. The Bible says that, you know, if a brother sins against us, and this is where we say that marriage doesn't fall outside of the umbrella of Christian. So we'll say husband. If your husband sins against you, so they hurt you, you go to them. That's you right. give them a chance. It says that if your brother has something against you, and you're about to give sacrifice at the temple, right? As an example, back then, he said, get up and go make it right. So even, so in this case, you're covered either way. If they're upset at you, you're upset at them, you go and try to make it right. You know, good. Don't let the sun go down your anger, all these things. And then I really think it's cool. It sounds like you have a really good view of marriage, um, that you that, that intimacy needs to be built and developed and, and cultivated. And So you just got to ask yourself why. You can't always... You can't control how the other person responds. That's true. And, and this is really hard. All you can do is try to be faithful to what God has called you to do. And that becomes, a, it's easier said than done, I know, when you're not the one living with the person and having to be hurt every time. But I'll tell you one thing. I see in Jesus a guy who is willing to love radically even when it hurt. That's right. So I'd encourage you to do that. If your spouse is sinning against you, and I don't know the situation, and we're talking like mean or abusive and you know you guys are believers it sounds like you are um you should go to someone else take a friend or tell tell him like hey you know why are you talking to me that way or, hmm. but if it's one of those things where it's more of inconsiderate you just got to keep sowing that seed you know i have a story i'm not going to share names but i know a guy who was kind of flip situation he didn't enjoy speaking to his spouse as much okay. because he felt like it always led to either a shame game in the sense of or like a I made that phrase up, but, like, she would just bring up his past, like, a long time ago past and make him right. feel terrible, or it would just lead to a fight, you know? So he literally even admitted that, hey, I'm content to not talk at all to this person, just go to bed. He didn't hate her, loved her. He just, like, there's no point in talking. Mm. What's really cool is he was sort of challenged to speaking to his wife, and he did, and weeks, you know, and, it, and he would kind of share with, um, with his accountability brothers and uh, things like, hey, you know, this was a hard conversation today. Um, really mean things were said to me. Mm. Um, my past was thrown. It's hard not to feel shame, but it was cool because it eventually led to this really awesome breakthrough. And when I and I talked to him to encourage him, I said, hey, man, you know what's cool is that your consistent love 
and vulnerability set the stage for the really big healing that came, right? Sowing the seed. So I would encourage you to keep doing Mm. it. Um, And you know what? Like you said, be and not seek intimacy. You can just be because the real you in Christ is the one that wants the intimacy. But being the, the freedom you're looking for, release the expectations of how the other person is going to respond. And I know that's hard. Does that make sense? Like when you can love someone and try to do the right thing without it needing anything in return, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not there, I'm just saying, that's real freedom. Yes, absolutely that's real freedom. <clears throat> and I would just keep talking, keep talking to them. And if they're a good person and a believer, maybe they're going through their own thing too, and maybe they're hurting, and maybe maybe you need to start off the comp. One thing I would say a lot of times, I will say this yeah. to women, because I feel like for the other way around it happens a lot. Ladies out there, person ask, a lot of times you feel like your spouse is shut down, isn't loving, doesn't care about what you say. But what I would tell you, are you sowing seeds of care? Are you treating that spouse the way you want him to treat you? Do you allow him a voice? Do you ever, when you come to him, is it always immediately with hurts? Even if they're hurts, right? Because sometimes ladies are like, I'm hurting so bad. It's I'm not criticizing him. He's just hurting me. Right. But a guy's going to view that as like, there's some, I need to fix that. There's something wrong with me. Do you ever come in and start with, how are you doing? How is your day hard? Maybe seeing... You know, I know you've been working hard, or I know instead of viewing it that they're just uncaring, maybe start the conversation out with asking how they are and then leading in with your stuff after. Just that's, really that's good, a man. tangible thing to try. Yes. And that, dude, that's such that's such good advice, man, because not I mean that is that is seeing people. Like yeah. that is seeing others yeah. before. That's putting other desires before yours, even in mm. times of hurt, which is so beautiful. Mm. Reminds me of Jesus, like you said, yeah. in the garden. You and know? I don't say that to shame you. It's just, I, that's it. That's, I'm, view that as a different question. I think a lot of women are like, my husband doesn't talk to me. He's mean and shut down. I'll say this. Do you really see him as a person or just as a boy that you got to fix? And if hmm. he's a person, then then ask him how he's doing, like that's emotionally, even when he struggles to share it. Because a lot of men have been shamed that sharing emotions is weak. Yeah, it's so weak. So, yeah, that's just the thing. Good point. Great question. Thank you for being vulnerable to ask that. Good stuff. And if there's ever a time that you ask a question out there and we only partially answer it or maybe we misunderstood, feel free to send it back in. That's right. We will clarify. It's me, huh? It's you. All right. Uh, In Mark 16, 16 and 17 of the ESV. Okay. Um Oh, they actually wrote it out here. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues. What does speaking in new tongues mean? (coughs) So I think this can be taken in a couple different places. So within the context of this verse itself, in my name they will they will be cast out. They will cast out demons, and they will speak in new tongues. I think some people can can refer to the gift of speaking in tongues in this situation. Um, I don't have the full context of the entire you know chapter in front of me right now. But if if I were to take a stab at this, I'm going to say that when they say they will speak in new tongues, it means they will speak new. They will speak of new like like new. So I don't know if you guys have ever say you had a friend that you knew from kindergarten to you know middle school and then you didn't see them till you know 15 years later and they're just a completely different person they you know like hmm. they speak entirely different they, they, it's just a, it's a new person i think that's kind of what this is similar to um so you know they'll cast the demons they'll speak in new tongues they're going to be a different person a whole different you know 
they say when you put your faith in Jesus that, you know, the old you dies, you become a new creation in Christ. I think this is a reference to that. Pretty good, man. Um, <clears throat> uh, sorry, I'm looking at oh, yeah. the verse. Yeah, go ahead. Um, and also, yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. I never, never even considered that um, as one of the possible um, interpretations of that. I don't necessarily think that's the exact... Uh, meaning of that, but I think that's really good, man. Mm. Like, that they will speak differently, because that's a biblical thing, right? They will be different. He even talks about that in James, that a true believer, even his tongue, you know, is going to eventually right. um, change. So, so first of all, this is something kind of weird a lot of people don't know. Mark 9, uh, 16, 9 through 20 is, is considered one of the most of the time in your Bibles, there's going to be a little section. In fact, I wonder if it has a it little here. like title section of yeah, the passage. Yeah, they'll put brackets on it sometimes. Okay. Um, yeah, they do here too. See there? Yep. And the reason is uh, it isn't in some of the earliest ones, but they put it in because it's been in enough. Right. Uh, in the earliest um, like versions of the Bible. Bible. Yeah. I mean, the actual sources. Oh, gotcha. <clears throat> okay. Um, so anyway, that, that's just something to say. Um, I think personally, he was referring to when his church was going to start. Mm -hmm. Like, things are going to change, and there's going to be miracles happening. Remember, the apostles were already doing this. So he's essentially saying, hey, you guys are going to do this. My, my disciples are going to do this. And I, th I think speaking in whatever tongues is the ability to speak... And after Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down, um, they they were even able to understand other languages and speak other languages to speak the gospel. It's crazy, you know. So I think that's <laughs> he was sort of foreshadowing that. In that, mm. you know, you're going to see some wild things happen. It's going to prove to you that <laughs> this is my church. Does that make sense? That's, that's kind of really what cool. I think. I like that. Too. Great question. That's really cool. Um, I also agree with AJ. It's not referencing. Well, it is referencing. Probably tongues, but not in the way you've been hearing, which is some you know language that is incomprehensible to man. But the mm. ability to, especially in the early church, to understand and speak the gospel to people that didn't know that language, right? To help the church grow. Mm. <clears throat> um. Next question we have here. Did I ask you already? Yeah. Okay. So it's your turn. Sorry. So good. <laughs> so next question, in John eight, the Pharisees. And teachers of the law brought in the woman who was caught cheating. Jesus wrote something in the ground, then told them that whoever hasn't sinned could cast the first stone. Then they all left. Do you think, or is there any biblical reference to what he wrote? Is what he wrote that made them leave? Or was it because of what he said about them throwing the stone if they hadn't sinned? Gotcha. I'm going to read that section here. All right. Uh, Very interesting question, because I, I actually, I myself have always kind of like pondered, I wonder what he was writing in the ground when he was doing that. <laughs> so I've, I'm like you, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, what is that? Why is he, what is he writing? All right, well, I will read the section. Okay. And then we will dive into it, because I think it's important. It's a really cool part of the scripture. It's a beautiful story. Um, so at, verse 2 says, At dawn he, Jesus, <clears throat> went to the temple complex again, and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began to teach them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees 
um, the religious leaders, brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the center. Teacher, they said to him. By the way, they were always trying to trap him and make them go against the Bible yep. so that they could have justification to discredit him and eventually kill him because he was a threat to their authority. Right. So this is what they were trying to do. Because the punishment for adultery in a woman caught, they thought was stoning, stoning killing them. Yeah. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the center. Also caught means she was, they caught her in the act, probably. Drug her out. Teacher, they said to him, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery in the law. Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They asked this to trap him in order that they might have evidence to accuse him. Jesus stood down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they persisted in questioning him, he stood up and said to them, the one without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he stooped down again and continued writing on the ground. When they heard this, they left one by one, starting with the older men. Only he was left with the woman in the center. <laughs> when Jesus stood up, he said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. <laughs> Love that story. Oh, um, so powerful, dude. <laughs> so couple of things to note. Um, the actual law is when you're caught in the act, um, the man and the woman are stoned. They only brought the woman. So already they were sort of like ignoring the full law. A couple of reasons. I mean, we don't know. Was the person caught an important person? Yeah, yeah. Pharisee? I was going to say. Who knows? Interesting. Um, but they didn't bring more. Was it just their natural, like, you know, Jesus kind of disregarding women, um, which happened a lot. Um, what well, it's so what's so that we don't know what what was written in there, right? Um, but it's funny that they were trying to use the law against him, and they're, um, you know, he was essentially able to pull out their hypocrisy in the sense that they weren't even following the law themselves fully. So there have been a lot of theories on what he wrote, you know, people guess. We have no idea. And honestly, the focus of the story isn't what he wrote on the ground. What's beautiful about the fact that it's even recorded is that the gospel writers were faithful to what actually happened. It's a fact that didn't even need to be in there for the story, but they put it in because this happened. We, happened. And they didn't yep. write stuff they didn't know. They didn't put what he wrote on there because they're like, maybe they didn't see it. or they. Because my guess is the disciple who was writing is like, they're not up there with him. That's terrifying. They're probably over in the corner going, man, what's he going to do? Uh, so... The cool thing is his hypocrisy, uh, their hypocrisy, and him pointing out and how he said, okay, yeah, any of you without sin, go ahead and throw the first one. Because in doing so, they'd be declaring that they were clean. Mm -hmm. um, so they left. So some of the things people have said, just so you know the theories, that there have been theories yeah. over the years, that he was writing out the sins of every one of the Pharisees on the dirt. Oh, man. That's um, sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one, this is more just his eyes, because she was probably naked. Okay. Um he started writing just so that they would not look at her, so she wouldn't be ashamed. Like, people wouldn't oh, look dude, at her. That is so cool. Um, then true. there are people that thought there are some verses uh, that talk about, um, you know, maybe he was writing out the full law in Leviticus or Deuteronomy, whatever else, of like, no, they both are stoned. That's funny. You guys didn't follow. He writes, both shall be brought, right? right. And you only have one, so now he goes and then writes down, Maybe after that, you know, what happens to a lawbreaker? So he then says to them, because I could see that, right? What happens to any lawbreaker? And then he goes, yeah, so whoever's without sin or, you know, that kind of thing. So I think 
We don't know. The point of the story should not, it shouldn't even be that. Although that's a good question that I ask it yeah, too. Yeah, it's cool. I think what we do know is this. Whatever he wrote was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the beauty of it is, this is one of my favorite stories. I don't know if I've ever told you that. Yeah. You probably know that. Mm-hmm. Not because, I don't know. I think I love it because it shows how radical Jesus is. It shows how God views us and our mistakes when we come to him. Um, it shows us how he views the, the religious idea that our job is to punish each other. Um, because he says the only true one that has the right to judge and punish is, is God, me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love his heart. I love the fact that he just looks at her. He doesn't say this for, she heard this. This is a, you could write a sermon on this. This is beautiful. Just the thought. So she heard him say, let he use without sin cast the first stone. What was she about to be stoned for? Adultery. Her sin. That's right. And a reminder to herself that, hey, you're not ruined. Even they had sin. Yep. Uh, where are those that condemn you? They're, they're gone. I don't condemn you either. You know, he didn't have to say that. He could have said, all right, get out of here and don't sin anymore. But he started with, and most time in our church today and culture, we want to start with, don't sin anymore. But I do love you. And he starts mm. with, hey, I don't condemn you. Now, go and sin no more. So I don't know. Love the story. And that should be our focus. But that we don't, we don't know. Dude, that's so powerful. A lot man. of good guesses. What are your guesses? If you're listening right now to the podcast or on Rumble or YouTube or Facebook, right beneath in the comments below, uh, or you can even send it to us if you're listening for the po- from the podcast, write in the comments below what you think he was writing. What have you heard he was writing? What is your heart? You know, what do you think he was writing? Be curious. Oh, man. All right, cool. Makes me, it makes me think, like, especially because we've seen, like, Jesus had that that like funny side to him too, like that sarcastic side to him makes you wonder if he was just like writing like about to kill these fools like, <laughs> verbally. Like <laughs> he's like he's like yo, I'm about to I'm about to get him. <sighs> so cool, man. I love that there's parts like there's parts of the Bible like that that are so open because like we see we see the lesson, but it's cool because we it's. <laughs> Sorry, I'm acting weird, guys. My it's, back it's funny that people, like, even people who aren't believers, they talk about the Bible and how they're like, oh, it's boring. Like, like no, it's not. What a crazy, like, oh, man. Story? Yes. We just don't let ourselves, a lot of times, what you said earlier, or Clint said, too, is we don't read it like it's real. Mm-hmm. We just read it as, like, this checklist yep. when it's very much alive, man. Oh, it's like, You get excited when you get yes. You're going, oh, my gosh, what's it saying? Anyway, here's the questions for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Um, are generational curses real? Uh, I put this in quote. Are quote generational curses end quote real? Is this an Old Testament belief? Um, there is a verse. I don't know. Yeah, there's several. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like there's more than one. Leviticus, Deuteronomy, like Deuteronomy. I don't know. All the old. Yeah, they talk about how the sins of the father Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, follow the the children. Yeah, whatnot. Um, what's interesting is when I think about you know, generational curses. I think about even just what, think about what the curse is in general of what, you know, the sins of Adam and Eve really, like how that affects us now. Like I think even like that, that's a curse. So I think that that's a possibility. Um, As far as like, oh, these specific generations, you know, these specific people that did these specific things have caused generational sins for their, you know, their bloodlines. I I don't know if there's direct evidence of that. If there is, you know, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't I haven't read enough in the Bible to know that. But you know, I guess I can see that there's definitely a curse 
we are cursed with, you know, the sin of Adam and Eve, and we have to deal with that until it's all fixed, um, and Jesus comes back. But as far as, like, specific generational ones, I honestly don't know. I don't know. I, I really like that, man, um, that you brought that up, because I think I'm, I'm going to add to the answer, but I think you hit the nail on the head. The bottom line is God is, is right to punish, because it says I will punish the the children for the sins of their father. Mm-hmm. We are the problem is they they're committing the same sins, um, and you all you take it all the way back to Adam and Eve. None of us, you know, all uh, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's right. So in that sense, absolutely, we all sin. But also in some of the verses, it's talking about this, guys. Facts, psychology. That's why we talk about it. If you raise a kid in an alcoholic home, and that's all he sees, he is more likely to, to yeah. be an alcoholic. That's right. If you, you know, if you raise a child. In a sinful home of whatever kind it is, kids are the greatest um, mimickers there are, and they learn. And so in a very real sense, we begin to, the, the curse, the sins of the Father do pass on because we teach our children that. Hmm. Um, so, and then they end up doing it. So, good, so generational curse in the sense of like, oh, there are some denominations that have talked about this and like, you've got to say special prayers to break its power. And no, here is the cure for any sort of sinful behavior, repentance, period. Mm. You don't need a magic wand. You need repentance and you need change. And if the father repents, right, in this case the person, and they begin to change, then they will set their kids up. And if a kid's, you know, I have habits from my family, a lot of good ones, but we all have them. Right? I have ones that I've learned from mine that are not good and sinful. And I'm going, well, I can change. We just talked about That's it. By right. repenting and God will enable us to do that. So okay. the cure is always God. It's not some magical thing. And we want to blame everything instead of blame our own sinful decisions. At the end of the day, if I'm an alcoholic and I say, oh, well, my dad was an alcoholic, so, you know, it's his fault. No, that's not taking ownership. Hmm. At the end of the day, we all have to take responsibility and are responsible for our own actions. That's good, dude. I hope that answers the question. So, no, there's no magical generational curse. Nice. But there is clearly in the sense in what Scripture is talking about. What AJ said, I there believe, is a curse, right? Correct, and also we learn the sins of the father. Like we do see that mm. they talk about it. Why do you think we we talk? You know, society talks about that. Mm. It's good. Yeah, um, I think that's it this week, brother. Yeah, that's it. I think so. Man, we we smashed through them today. Yeah, we did. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Well, you got anything you want to say? Yeah, thanks so much, guys, for watching this episode of Real Talk. Uh, hope you guys, you know, were able to get something out of it. Like I said, a lot of questions asked, a lot of questions answered. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, one of the main reasons for this show, guys, is to, if we don't know, we're not going to lie and try to make up an answer. You know, if the biggest thing is for you guys to read the Bible. Mm, amen. Whether, you know, we have a concrete answer or not, you should still be going to Scripture to, to see uh, and seek truth. Mm. Um I love you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this or watch this. Um, if you are watching from Facebook, please give us a like. Uh, and if you haven't liked the page, if you stumbled upon this somehow via a search, go ahead and give our church, uh, our church page, The Remnant, a like on Facebook as well. Um, if you're watching from YouTube, would you please hit the subscribe button and click the notification bell? You will get a notification every time we post, so you can be one of the first people to watch it. And if you're watching from Rumble, go ahead and give us a rumble. Uh, other than that, I love you guys. Hey, great job, man. Thank you. Well done. Fun turn, you got anything, buddy? He goes, nah. He, he dropped his wisdom bombs and transparency truck, and then he's, that's <laughs> it. 
Uh, I like alliteration. What can I say? Hey, they said it, guys. Thank you, man. Good job today. Thank you. Fun turn. Thank you, buddy. Love you. Well done. Love you guys both. Um, love you guys that are watching, that join us every week. Hmm. And if this is your first week, we love you too, and we hope we see you or hear you or you join us next week. Um, please do, guys. Interact with us. We're just a small crew that loves interacting with you guys, hearing from you, especially if you're out of state in a different country. We know it's out there. This has been played in 30 different states and 11 different countries, and that Boom. was as of a couple months ago. That's right. So if you're from one of those 11 different countries, if you're from one of those 30 different states, uh, if you're in a state other than Indiana, um, heck, you can even tell us from Indiana what city you're from. Let us know where you're at, man. Drop them in the comments below or send them to uh, www.theremnant.live/real-talk. I would love to hear you guys put in San Antonio, Texas. Just send in the city and do that for us. That's the new channel. Send in the the, the place you're listening from. Awesome. We would love to know. Give you guys a shout out. Um, yeah. So answer the questions. Interact with us in the comments. Let us know where you're listening from. Share this. Give us a review, the more positive reviews we get. And so if you're listening right now on Apple Podcasts or a podcast player and you have the ability to give a review and you know because, like, they have stars and stuff and you haven't given us one, why don't you love us? Just help us out. Give us a review. Um, and you can help us out, too, by liking and sharing these videos and dropping comments on YouTube, Rumble, all that stuff. Awesome. Um, we love you guys. We appreciate you. We're excited uh, to hear more of your awesome topics and questions. Nice. Other than that, we hope you guys have a great day and truly God bless you.